Talia. Welcome to Good Luck Charlie. Just like you, I'm on the journey of self-discovery and I'm daily trying to learn what it means to find balance, create lifelong friendships, chase my dreams and invest in my future. So here's what I'm learning and loving on this crazy path of life. I'm so glad you decided to join me. Hello, hello everybody and welcome back for another episode of the Good Luck Charlie podcast. It is so wonderful to have you here. Thank you for taking time out of your day, your week to be here. As the title suggests, this episode is all about what it's like to work in the Defence Force, what it actually seems like on the day-to-day, what the training and recruitment process and everything like that is like. So if you have ever been interested in the Army for yourself or for a friend or even just in general, what does it even mean to wear that colour uniform and to march and all of those things, this is the perfect episode for you. I don't want the intro to be too long because the episode is full of really great things already, but listen along to hear a few different opportunities of how you could be involved from interviewing my cousin who's been in the army for multiple years to my dad who has been a reservist in the army for multiple years, which is just working part-time in the army as well. So there are a few different ways that you can be involved if this is something that you are interested in, and I hope that a lot of your questions are answered as you listen to the podcast. So yes, without further ado, let's jump right into the conversation. Thank you so much to everyone who was involved in this episode for your time and your vulnerability and your openness to sharing a bit of your experience. I really appreciated it and I hope you all enjoy. Hello. Hello, David. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you so much for chatting this afternoon. I'm excited. Awesome. Can't Are you okay to just jump into it? Yep. So I guess to begin... You obviously did not have a traditional education. So I was wondering if you could talk us through your life kind of from the age of 13 or whenever you first began working until you then entered the army. All right, so 13 was a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a funny year because it was a bit of a transition year. Previously, I was, I was homeschooled, so I've been pretty much homeschooled my entire life. Like Charlie and I, my brother, we um, sort of found a loophole in mum's little education system um, whereas if we finished all the uh, textbooks that she bought for the year, well, we didn't have school for the rest of the year. So we sort of knuckled down and finished uh, school within like, I think it was like four months. (laughs) Um, And so we had the rest of the year off and mum was just like, well, no, that's not on. We're not doing that again. Um, So you're either going to real high school or you're uh, getting a job. And being teenage boys, we were just like, um, job, thanks. Yeah. So pretty much been working since I was 14, mostly in the construction industry. A mm-hmm. um, few little jobs here and there for a bit. And then um, I picked up my trade as a carpenter when I was 16 yeah. and finished my apprenticeship when I was 20. I uh, worked for a year as a carpenter and... But um, in my last year of my apprenticeship, I was actually driving past the recruiting office. No way. Um, every morning. And so I sort of, that was playing on my mind. And it was one of those things that always sort of interested me was army. You know, like yeah. you play army and all of that. And I was like, oh, that might be cool. Uh, I thought, well, it's four years. I've just done four years as, a, as an apprentice. Mm. Um, and four years really isn't that long. So, I mean, I'll just, I'll do it and see how I like it, see where it goes. Because I didn't, I always thought it was going to be one of those things that I'd get to 40 yeah, 
And if I didn't do it, I'd always be like, oh, man, I wish I'd joined the army. Oh, too late now and sort of have that kind of regret of not yeah. doing it. And I think when we're young, you know. Well, <laughs> like me. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And like me, I'm only 25 now yeah. and I'm back, um, you know, back from the army. I've done that four years and um, had that experience. And now I'm sort of getting back into my life at home. Mm. Um, you know, it, it hasn't made a big impact out of my life. I'm not behind for it. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't feel like I've missed out on life or anything like that. And in ways, I think I've uh, had more experiences because I went away yeah. Yeah. Uh, than staying at home. Yeah. So, yeah, that was sort of, that decision was, well, I'll either do it or I won't. And it's going to be one of those things I'll regret. So I'll do it. Love it. And uh, Yeah. Went in, had an interview. Um, and a year later, I was in. Yeah, so talk so, us through like that year because definitely. it is such a big recruitment process. So what was the steps for you and like thousands of push-ups or like how did you get in? What was that year then like? Okay, sweet, yep. yep. Um, good question. So first up, I went in just for like I poked my head in the office and just said g'day because yep. um, I honestly had no idea. And, you know, in, in all the movies and stuff like that, they just show you go in, sign your name and you're two weeks later, you're on the bus going to mm-hmm. basic training. Uh, which just doesn't happen. I went in, they gave me a, he sort of talked about what I wanted from my experience with Army, had a chat and he said, well, I think these jobs might suit you, um, but here's a, a list. So he gave me like a brochure with a big list of jobs and yeah. um, pointed me towards the Army website and everything. And so I sort of did a bit of research then and then went back in, booked my U session, which is... Um, like an aptitude assessment. Um, and so you'll sit down and you'll do a bit of a test and how you score on that test is, so it's just basic maths, English, science, yeah. like real basic sort of stuff. Um, but how you, how you'd score on that test um, dictates sort of what jobs are available mm-hmm. to you. So I could do jobs like infantryman or um, combat engineer, which is the job that I eventually went into. Um, but I couldn't do things in the medic, like I wasn't, I didn't unlock uh, medic or doctor or, you know, nurse or any of those sort of ones, which, you know, for me was fine because, um, you know, at that time study was not on my mind whatsoever. So, um, yeah, from there, I sort of had to wait for a while, um, for them to be like, oh, yep, this job's available. We can fit you in. Had a few appointments, so I did when uh, you do your, um, what do they call it, the PFA, which is like your um, pre-fitness assessment. Um, and that's, you've got to do so many push-ups, so many sit-ups. I think it was a 7.5 on the beep test, um, which, you know, once you've been in the army, that's not a serious amount, but getting yeah. in can feel like a fair bit. So, um, you know, stuff I was doing at home, I was running a lot, I was... Um, doing a lot of push-ups and just, you know, just workouts targeted towards those sort of exercises just so that I could be fit enough. And when I did my assessment, I smashed it. Like, it was pretty easy. But I think if you're interested in going in, you're better to prepare than to not. Yeah. Running, I think, is the biggest thing you can do for yourself, fitness-wise, especially for Army anyway. If you can run for a long time, you're a pretty popular person. Ooh. Good to yeah. know. <laughs> From there, interviews in Brisbane, one with 
uh, with a sergeant who interviewed you about your job. And so we sort of talked about the job that I was interested in uh, and then my two other, because you have three preferences. Okay. Uh, and so we talked about my other preferences as well. Um, and they just want to make sure that you understand what you're applying for. Yeah. Um, we did a psychiatric assessment. So they figure out whether you actually can, oh, well, whether you will fit or you're, whether you, wow. you're a good fit for Army. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then did a physical. So the doctors had a look at me. So that was fun. Cool. And then you're in. Such an easy yep. process. From doing my first interview to actually getting on the bus and going to Kapuka mm. uh, was, yeah, a long way. In between, they offered a lot of different jobs to me. But I was like, no, I want to be a combat engineer. And so if you have a job in mind and you have something, so you've done the study, you've had a look, and you see something that you really want to do, yeah. then you stick to your guns and you wait it out until you can get that job because it will become available. It just might take a little longer. Or ADF Recruiting yeah. uh, is probably the best website to have a look at because they have a detailed list of the jobs. Um, they, you know, go through what the job entails. They've got like a little interview with someone, um, a video on the job, uh, your salary, like all the information you'd want to know before you even approach it. So that was good. And then um, you're at Kapuka. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Kapuka. That was fun. Months of training. What does it look like there? You go through a few stages of training. So you start out as um, red tabs. So you have these colour rank slides on you. And so one's red, blue and yellow. Cool. Um, red tabs, um, life sucks. <laughs> you're waking up. You're waking up at uh, six o'clock, which... You know, if you're an early riser, that's not a big deal, but you're waking up to getting yelled at, lights blaring, uh, you have to run out with your sheets over your shoulders and do all of that. But, you know, there's a lot of noise and a lot of chaos going on. You're running around and, you you know, you'll make your bed six times in the morning because someone wow. hasn't made their day quick enough. But what I found helped with that was to um, just to look at it like it was a game. You know, the instructors and the, the guys instructing there, uh, you know, it's their job to yell at you. It's their job to, you know, get you stressed and feel anxious and, like, I suppose, mould you into a, you know, a person who can think quick and act quick and, yeah. you know. Uh, and so, you know, everything that they said wasn't personal and uh, it was all to make you you know, faster and stronger and better. And so if you looked at it sort of as a game and just yeah, how quick or you race, you race the people in your room as to <laughs> who can make their beds the quicker. Or, but then you work as a team as well. Yeah, that's cool. Um, your blue tabs gets more relaxed. Um, you get some more phone time so you can call home. Yeah. Um, you get to have chocolates from the vending machine Ooh. on Sunday at the <laughs> chapel. So that was nice. That was the best day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sundays were always the best day because you could go to chapel and um, it was calm. You could actually sit there and not That's be yelled nice. at for a while. Oh, my gosh. And then your gold tabs, which is the most relaxed. You know, you're going to bed at a reasonable time. You're not. That's further on in your training. They can sort of trust you to look after yourselves. But I was fully prepared when I went to basic uh, for it to be like the movies. You watch the movies where they're standing in a line and, you know, you've got your instructor screaming in your face yeah. and, you know, really beating down on you and making life hell 
and it really wasn't that bad. Um, I've got some great mates now that I made. Um, then, you know, you really start to do life with these people a lot. I think the whole experience bonds, helps you bond with other people in a different way. Yeah. And it brings brings together people from all sorts of walks of lives. You know, some of these fellas um, I'm really good mates with now, I wouldn't have, um, wouldn't have been friends with if it wasn't for ARMY. If yeah. ARMY wasn't the common factor, I wouldn't have been friends with them, That's I don't think. Wow. So, yeah, no, that was good about basic. I actually, looking back on it, enjoyed it. Yeah. But hated it at the moment. <laughs> so... It's one did of those it, weird things. Army's full of them. So Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, you're good. That is crazy. Did it ever cross your mind like, oh, I should get out of here. It's not worth it. Or did you kind of always know you knew it was going to be hard, just stick out these few months and then you'll be into it? Yeah, yeah. Personally for me, no, I never got that moment where I was like, oh, this is too hard. I can quit tomorrow. Yeah. I knew, so mum's dad, pop, uh, he served in Vietnam and he was a career soldier for a fair while. And so I was like, oh, well, yeah, when things were getting tough, I was like, this is still a lot easier than what Pop had. Yeah. You know, this is still a lot easier than what Pop had to go through and he went through it and he's come through it. So, you know, I sort of had that to keep me going through. Yeah. Mm. And then I guess you kind of touched on it before when you were talking about who you've met in the army and how all from different walks of life. But what is kind of the typical army culture or typical army demographic and things like that? Um, there is a sort of typical demographic, but I suppose it draws your standard people. But you do see a lot of other people in there. Um, I mean, the majority, you know, you're white Australian male, just because I think that's the majority of people who are, you know, kicking around really. Yeah. Um but I mean, you get you get a lot of different people. Um, women are starting, like girls and stuff, are starting to appear more and more in um, your combat roles and stuff like that. Like a lot's opening up, so you're seeing the demographic really change in army uh, more recently than it ever has. That's good. Um, when it comes to your day to day culture, um, I think a lot of the myths you, you hear are fairly right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of swearing, a lot of, lot of drinking, and all of that. But I think, um, well, yeah, it's part of the culture of what it was. Um, there's things in place to try and change the culture, but at the end of the day, you're getting a lot of young people together, hanging out. You know, you're going to drink a lot. Um, yeah. Army sort of is a smelting pot, so you're getting a lot of different senses of humour, um, like just different cultures and everything, all coming yeah. into one place. Like, you've got the army culture overall, but then you have smaller little pockets everywhere as well. Yeah, okay. Um, so different places are uh, very different. Um, I think one of the first troops that I went into, I was posted into, was very much of a boys' club. Uh, yeah. So there was sort of a drive to uh, really be fit and get in there and all of that. You know, different sort of cultures Yeah. kicking around. Not all of them bad but not all of them good either there were some really bad ones kicking around for a mm -hmm. bit there no that makes sense it's good to yeah. good to hear both sides i guess a lot of people would hear the highlights and the lowlights of army life but what was just a typical standard day for you once you had been posted yep your typical standard day is probably for most people in the army um and even myself somewhat 
yeah. is going to be your low light okay. uh, because it's very monotonous. I don't think people realise how monotonous um, the day-to-day can be because there's a lot of maintenance mm-hmm. and upkeep that needs to happen. You'll, you will do training a fair bit. You know, you'll go out um, as a combat engineer. You're doing a lot of search training. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, looking for dummy IEDs or bombs or stuff like that. Um, so you will do a fair bit of that, but we also hold a lot of equipment um, and the equipment definitely needs a lot of maintenance. Um, engineer regiments are uh, pretty renowned for having a lot of equipment, and so we're constantly having to fix things and sort of service things. Yeah. You know, for, for a day's work, it's not, not terribly hard work. Um, okay. You know, 7.30, you go in, you do PT for about 40 minutes. Um, then you get an hour after that for breakfast. So you go have a shower, have some breakfast. Um, 9.30, you rock up back into the office. Um, you'll do whatever jobs are on for the day yeah. uh, till 12 o'clock, uh, 12.30, and then you'll go for lunch for an hour. So we long lunch, get back from lunch, do a bit more uh, work. So whether that's maintenance on trucks or cleaning your rifles or, um, you know, getting gear ready or something yeah. like that. And then um, and then you're knocking off generally around uh, 4.30, uh-huh. 4 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. So you sort of know that that's your standard day. Yeah, it's cool to have that kind of basic picture. Yeah. But then yeah. what was it like when you got sent overseas or what different, I don't even know what you call them, missions or? Like so you have a few different yeah. things. You have deployments, operations and exercises. Uh-huh. Um, deployments are usually, yeah, like that six-month um, stint. So if it's a long, so Afghanistan and stuff like that, that were all operations. Um, and you would go on your deployment for six months Um and then exercises are your training. Yeah. So you could be, you know, doing war games or uh, specialised training or something like that with someone. So um, like with other countries. So you could be training with American soldiers. Oh, wow. uh, I think we, we do stuff with the Japanese, Indians, Indonesians. Um, like, so people from all over the world you're doing joint training with. I had a few mates who were lucky enough to go to America um in 2019 they went to hawaii did training in hawaii and then they went to arizona and did training in arizona and um they you know and they had full weekends and stuff where they could just hang out and check out hawaii you know so very nice pretty cool there i was never lucky enough to get on one of those although i did um an exercise called harry hermitook so harry hermitook is an exercise in East Timor, Timor-Leste. Yes. Harry Hamatuk, I think, in uh, Timorese is, stands for build together. Okay. Uh, and so the whole purpose of this exercise, um, to upkeep relations between Australia and Timor, uh-huh. um, but it's a construction uh, exercise. So you go over and you uh, really depends on what they need over there at the time. So... We did maintenance on their um, their main army base. Um, so I actually refurbished their entire mess kitchen. Good job. 
Um, yeah, that was fun. Um, but then other guys I went with, they were about two hours up the road uh, building a school, fixing roads, doing all sorts of things, really. It's really up to the Timorese government as to what they feel like is necessary yeah. when they get us. And so we'll go for five weeks and it, we'll go with uh, an attachment of uh, US Marines Japanese, I think. Yeah, we had the Japanese involved. Um, so you're working with, you know, a lot of different nations, uh, working pretty closely with the Timorese uh, Army as well. So that was pretty cool. It was a really good experience. I think it was really – I enjoyed it, definitely. You know, you're with a bunch of people that you are comfortable with and, and know pretty well, so it's not like a foreign environment. Yeah, so that was good fun. If – you're worried about um, knowing people because, I mean, army sends you around everywhere. Yeah. Um, like you're always doing stuff. I think 2019 for me was a very busy year. Um, I was – so I lived in Darwin and I was in Darwin for I think it was four months of the year. Wow. The rest of the time I was doing stuff everywhere else. I was at 10 days was the biggest stint that I was actually in Darwin. Wow. So – you know, friendships with, uh, you know, local people in Darwin and stuff, sort of, you know, seeing them as much or yeah. hanging out. But the thing is, though, is you go to a new place. So I went to Timor and there was a guy there that I got along with fairly well. And so we, you know, almost became best mates there. I went to Sydney and it was a new bunch of people again. And so you meet someone else that, you know, you sort of become best mates with. Yeah. And so there's always going to sort of be a person around. You know, if you're worried about, uh, I suppose, relationships and friendships mm-hmm. suffering, well, you're just going to build a lot more. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. And I guess one question, which can kind of tangent from there, is yep. how did army life affect your mental health? Did it take a mental toll moving around or being super busy or did you not find it too bad? I don't know. How did you kind of cope with that and work through different mental issues that might have arise? Yep. Sweet. That's a really good one, actually, and that's pretty prevalent to um, army culture at the moment as well. There's a big shift on mental health, focusing, like a big focus on mental health now with army. Uh, They're really starting to recognise that it is a bit of a thing. Um, Mainly for me, I think the biggest thing that hit me mentally was um, not so much the things I was doing or anything like that, but it was because I've grown up in such a, a close family. Yeah. I don't know. For me, friends are different than family. Um, yeah. And so I was really starting to miss my family and, you know, everyone's having kids and starting up their own little families. It's tough. Um, and so watching that from a, from a distance um, wasn't great for me. And so I just sort of wanted to be back around home and back with my family. And, you know, I struggled a bit there. Yeah. Um, I think loneliness was probably the biggest thing that hit me there for a while. But, yeah, I, it's different for everyone, you know. Some people I've seen uh, really excel in the army life. You know, they, you know, thrive in it. Um, and some other people sort of struggled a bit more. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if you've got a partner, if you've got family already, say you have kids or something like mm. that, where you can get... Um, they call them compassionate postings. So you sort of get a bit more lenience or they'll try and get you to a place that more suits you. 
Um, but if you're single and, you know, yeah. no ties or anything like that, good luck. You know, you sort of yeah. go where they tell you to go. Yeah, unless they really need you somewhere else. But, like, the army culture is a very rough, can be a quite a rough culture. And so I think sometimes it's good to, um, uh, for me, as soon as I got to Darwin, I found a local church and got involved in that. Yeah, helpful. Just got to find that community, a community that's good for you, whether that's, a you know, a local uh, sports team, you know, church, or I don't know, it really depends on what you're into and your interests are, but yeah. I think it's good for you to, make a focus to get in around something so that you are around people and people like you, you know. That's good advice. Yeah. Makes sense. So I think I've just got two more questions. What was the ultimate reason that you chose to leave the army and how has that transition out of it been? Yep. Okay. Um, Ultimate reason, yeah, um, being uh, wanted to get back around family and all of that. Um, but I also wasn't really finding satisfaction in, in the work. Um, I mean, I'm a very practical person. Um, and so doing carpentry, I like to be able to step back at the end of the day and say, oh, wow, look what I've achieved. I've Mm -hmm. built this, you know, I've laid a deck, I've done this. Um, and I just wasn't getting any of that in the army. You know, you sort of do maintenance on trucks and then two days later they come up again for maintenance. So... You know, it just felt like it was a never-ending cycle. And, um, you know, some people it doesn't bother them whatsoever. But for me, it was just didn't feel very satisfying. So I sort of decided to move on from that. Uh, Getting out or the transition, fairly easy for me, like mentally and all of that. I mean, you do miss the uh, camaraderie and the mateship that you have with people. I'm not sort of able to go and hang out with people. people as much you know like being back in Toowoomba I have less friends here now yeah than I did in Darwin so you know yeah. you get bored you sort of have to actually find something to do you can't just drop in at someone's house yeah um admin wise army makes it a little bit harder to leave than to get in because when That's you're getting in someone else is doing all the paperwork for you getting out you're yeah. doing it for yourself okay can make it a little bit more stressful and stuff, but, I mean, you just got to hand back all your gear. and Yeah. It wasn't a great experience getting out, but it wasn't the worst one either. And so then if you could go back and tell your 15-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Just enjoy it. Uh Enjoy being 15 and being a teenager and stuff like that. Um, I think I was in such a hurry to sort of you know be professional and all of that and sort of missed uh the fun of being a teenager a bit Uh, and so i think it's important to sort of enjoy the stage that you're at and not get too caught up in uh looking too far ahead like i think it is important to plan ahead and be you know be preparing for the future and stuff but i think we can sort of get too wrapped up in it sometimes so yeah enjoy where where you're at then yeah definitely Good advice. I'll take it to heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there any other things, like any other thoughts, things you wanted to say to anyone who's thinking or have, do you feel like you've said enough? I don't know. I think um, probably the biggest thing I wanted to just make sure people understand yeah. is um, like the army culture is con- like pretty inclusive. Like when you're there, you can't help but get involved. 
but you do have to make sure that you are looking after yourself. Um, and I suppose like what you've been uh, featuring a bit lately is um, your boundaries and stuff like that. Really yeah. set boundaries as to what you will allow yourself to do and what you won't. Um, and yeah, just make sure that you do get around some people who will actually support you in that as well. Whether that's getting involved in, yeah, like church mm. or something like that, plant yourself somewhere where you do have a good bit of a community um, to back you up and support you. That's clever. Do uh, you think part of it, sorry if you were going to say something else, but it's like, right. is it very, can it be quite easy to lose your identity in amongst this big group of people when everything's different? So it's important to kind of know, yeah, like your boundaries, what you want to be, what your values are in amongst everyone else? Or Yeah. Um, not so much lose your identity, but let your identity shift. Yeah. Um, you know, like it can be easy to sort of just start accepting some things because that's what everyone's doing. Yeah. Um, and just being swept along in in the crowd sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is important to sort of be firm with who you are, but also not like real uh, stubborn with who you are. Yeah. I think sometimes you do have to allow yourself to sort of shift and change and stuff like that. But you want to be people's mate. And uh, so you want to be confident in who you are, but not forcing who you are onto someone else. If that makes sense. Yeah, love it. Yeah. That is a great way to end. Thank you so much for everything. No, thanks for uh, calling. Thank you so, so much, David, for all of that. I really benefited from it and learnt a lot. Here with my dad, who has been in the Reserve Army for four years, to hear about how maybe if you're interested in Army life but don't necessarily want that to be your full-time career, there are other ways for you to get involved as well. So why he wanted to join the Army and what he was initially a part of and how that has changed over the four years. Well, thank you very much, Talia. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for the uh, invitation to join the show. Uh, yes, you've heard from David, which is pretty cool. So in the Army Reserves, um, love the fact that it's um, not full-time and very much a choose-your-own-adventure sort of a thing to do. So if I can commit time to it, I commit time. If I haven't got space and time, well, then I don't have to commit that space and time. Uh, but what really drew me to it um, were a number of things. One was... Um, being a chaplain in the army was a skill that I had and it was an opportunity to use that in a different setting. Uh, I wanted to join for fun. Um, as an officer in the army, they put you through the officer training program. So there's a whole leadership program that I wanted to be a part of. And also, to be honest, uh, they pay you tax-free as a reservist. So it was an opportunity to earn some more money, uh, to be able to support some lovely young ladies that are a part of my household uh, to get help get them through high school and university. Very cool. So you complete your training, which lasted three months full time. Nod or shake oh, your head. Yeah, kind of. I had to go to Canberra. I had to go to Canberra um, for two months full time, and then there was on the job training in the unit that I was serving in as well. So then you're an officer. You've done your training, and you get a job as. And what does this look like for you each week? So for me, my first posting was as a chaplain with the Australian Army Cadets. So uh, I was with the cadet unit helping coordinate all of the pastoral care and support for uh, Army Cadets, so 13 to 18-year-olds that are part of the cadet program plus the staff. 
So in southeast Queensland, there's 2,500 cadets across 40 units with 200 staff that help support them. And my role was to help provide that additional level of support um, for the staff and also for those Army cadet kids. So a part of that was then going on annual camp with the um, cadets and we'd have a thousand teenagers out in the bush sleeping under tarps for a week. Uh, lots of support that was needed from a pastoral and mental and psychological point of view for those cadets while they were on camp. So yeah, very much a chaplaincy role that provides a lot of pastoral support. But you can also be in the Reserve Army for a range of other jobs, like any skill set basically can be used. Absolutely, heaps of different skill sets. So you might play guitar and they have a unit that is the band unit. Uh, you might be a nurse, you might be um, a teacher, you might want to actually, you might be an a, a engineer in your full-time work, but you want to be an infantry soldier in the reserves. So it doesn't have to cross over with your skill set. Awesome. Thank you very no much, worries. Dad. So yes, the moral of the story is if you are interested in having a part in the army or exploring what that even looks like, there are so many different opportunities from being a full-time soldier, from being a reservist. And then the other opportunity, well, there are two more, you can do a gap year army program, at least in Australia. It's literally called gap year at ADFA or something like that. So you can look that up online and it's just one year with no commitments, opportunity to get a bit of a feel of what it might be like, opportunity probably just to find yourself a little bit more, challenge yourself, go out of your comfort zone and discover if that is something that you want to do. Or on the other hand, one of my sister's friends is her first year out of high school and she is studying with the army. The program is through ADFA and there are different degrees that you can do. Um, she is doing a science, but there's arts and business and engineering and technology and cyber, etc. So there's about 1,200 students at this university. So the classes are obviously a fair bit smaller to a normal university. But it's really cool because they do military training before they start studying for the day. And they also do PT and military studies throughout the week as well. And so they get paid and it's a free degree. So it's really cool opportunity as well. If that is something that you are interested in, I'd recommend looking into that now because like it did with David and my dad, the recruitment process is a really long time because you need to get all of those physical examinations. So obviously you can visit the ADFA Australian Defence Force Academy website and learn a heap of other information on that. Wow, what a cool episode, what a cool conversation and different opportunities and experiences and stories that we got to hear. I really hope that helped answer some of your questions. I really hope that there were some things that you enjoyed and you picked up on. If you loved this episode and found it helpful, I would love if you shared it with someone else who you know that might be interested in going into the Army or the Defence Force any aspect of it, or even just share it with someone else that you think might like some of the advice, advice that was shared in this episode. Uh, this series of Future Me interviewing different jobs and professions is just a way to help me work out what do I want to do with my life, but also help you guys work that out as well. Because it is okay not to know. Most people don't know what they're doing with their life. And I just want that to become a little bit more normalized and for you to realize that it is okay not to know and that everything will work out if you know who you are and just stay confident in that. And I just want to repeat and reread one thing that David said because it really stuck with me and I've copied it down in my notes as one of the quotes and the things that I just want to keep with me throughout the year. Be firm with who you are, but not stubborn with it. You have to let yourself shift and change. Be confident in who you are, but don't force who you are 
onto someone else. So I think if you take anything with you into that next week, it will be that. I hope you have a fabulous week. If you found this encouraging and want some daily encouragement, follow along at the at goodluck underscore Charlie pod podcast account, because that is where I love to just share all the things I'm loving and learning throughout the week, as well as encouraging others. And that's also where you can ask your questions for any future jobs that you want me to interview. But yes, I hope you have a fabulous week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And with that, good luck, Charlie. Bye, you guys. Good luck, Charlie. Bye, 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 bye